It's the ocean. So those are the best pictures we could find, and they're, and they're good. They're going to work. What I want to ask you when you think about life, and you can imagine your own ocean vacation or view, um, and we just put these up here. But how does the ocean relate to problems? All right, and so I want to, metaphor, right? metaphor, metaphorically speaking, kind of think about that in this way. How does the ocean relate to problems? If I look out of the ocean, what do I see? What can I be taught? What can I be reminded of without, you know, having the Bible right in front of you? But it's always good to have the Bible. But what can I, when I'm talking to someone, um, how can I use the ocean? Uh, and, and by the way, you can use the ocean. You can use um, pictures. I have pictures in my office I use uh, often that are very helpful. Um, one picture I have is a, is a long path, and it, it's windy, and you can you cannot see the right side. Yeah, you can, but it's flowery and it's pretty, and you're walking down the path. And then if you, there's a kind of a dark spot in the back, but the, the picture image is that the flowers continue, or do they? <laughs> right? And so I kind of question that. And then I ask, well, what's on the other side? If you go to the right, what's over there? And, I, and we use our um, imaginative portion of our minds to think about, well, what is on the other side? What could be there? Then we get into the what could happen, etc. Uh, and so you can use pictures, you can use uh, the forest, you can use so many things. But tonight, we're going to use the ocean. And let's look first at, well, you can look at either one you want to look at as we go through this. But the wave is, is pretty big on the top left one. Uh, and of course, it's dashing against the rocks. And so you can imagine maybe the waves, if you're sitting uh, at, the, at the shore, the bank of the water, or where it may be and the wave comes upon you, what do you think of, when you think of a, a big wave crashing, what kind of problem could that be? Anyone? Uh, what, what was that? Yeah, well, erosion, okay. That's, that's, a, that's a city problem, state, that's a world problem, erosion. What about in your own personal life, though? Yes. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you thought you had it under control, right? And, and you, you didn't. You thought you had it, but um, okay. Um, what, what else? That's a great one. Bad medical news. What else can you think of? Okay, I'm going to come back to that one. Let me, let me hold you on that one. The undertow trying to pull you back. Appreciate that. Uh, that's a really good one as well. I want to come back to that one. But it does have an undertow, which is really important. Uh, in life. What else? Is there any, anything you could think of? If you're trying to help someone or even help yourself, you look out there, okay, so this huge wave is like, is like uh, bad news that's come your way, and um, let me just branch off of that for just a moment. And then look beyond the wave. What do you see beyond the wave? It's calm, right? Okay. Um, what's, what's larger? The wave that hits you or the calmness of the ocean in that image. Yeah. So who could, who could be the representative of the calm in the big old ocean versus God, right? God is bigger than your problems. Right? Even though this, this, this bad news came and hit you unexpectedly, um, it, God is bigger 
God is bigger than that, right? And can I make it? What do you think? What's going to happen to that wave? It's going to go away, isn't it? It's going to be there for a season, right? Whether it be a quick, you know, quick, you know, 10 seconds or, or even if it's carrying you out with the undertow, right? Eventually you, you get up and you're going to be all right. God is way bigger, isn't he? So think about your Bible passages in the Old Testament coming through where there's this huge wave, right? There's this, this problem that came to Israel, right? Um, for example, they came to the Red Sea, and there was no way out. But who was bigger than their problem, right? And so you just go through the Bible, all your stories, you know, as you learn when you were kids. Now you realize those are valid Bible accounts that have amazing teaching uh, tools or aspects to life. Those aren't kid stories. Those are real, right? So you go back to Joseph's life. You go, wow, he had such a, such a tough life. But the Jacob's life, you just start going back and look at, you know, you look at the, their lives and you can think about God is bigger than that problem, even though that problem came maybe out of nowhere, um, something, a, a bad medical uh, issue, or even something over time, erosion. You can even use that elongated problem that's been there. I want to go to Genesis 18. Just, just not a Bible story, if you will, or account. God's talking to Abraham. God makes a promise, and um, God is always able to make good on his promises, right? So you can go to God and ask God for help, and God will always, always answer your prayer. It's going to be yes, no, or or, or later. But he's always going to give you an answer somewhere, right? Uh, but then how big is my problem? Right? Well, in comparison, it's nothing in comparison to God. Right? Uh, so Genesis 18, 14, uh, having a child, Sarah, being old, is there anything too difficult for God? That, that was the question that was asked. Is it by the angel? Is there anything too difficult for God. So this is something we got to get in our minds. Your right answer is no. Now. So that when that wave crashes in on us, you can truly give it to God. Right? You really can. But if you don't have it now, you know, it's like you come to the preacher and say, preacher, I just need to know what to do. And I go, well, just have faith. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> you had no faith before you came to me. You're not going to all of a sudden just miraculously have faith. I have to help or we have to help ourselves to gain that faith before that, before that crash hits us, right? Because it's going to come if it hasn't already come. Uh, because we have an adversary out there who, who wants to destroy us. Um, pictures. Uh, so the ocean at times looks, it looks smooth on top, and it flows in the same direction, different, you know, it's always there. But, but there is a strong undercurrent in there. And that's what you brought up. So imagine you're out there swimming, and, you know, you think about what, what happens. You see a ship, you know, begin to sink or something, and then it just, all of a sudden, just, poof, it goes away. It's like, where did it go? That undercurrent is so strong. So what about this with undercurrents? Pictures. Like, you know, you see a picture image of a family, and you go, what a happy-looking family. I wish my family were as happy as... Pictures don't always tell the truth. Right? I've heard the saying... Uh, pictures say a thousand words, I think, or something like that. Worth a thousand thousand words. 
What kind of words? You ever thought about that? Just because a family is smiling in a picture, I've seen a lot of them. They look great. They look so happy. They're not always so happy. There's an undercurrent that you don't even know exists, right, in their lives. They're struggling, and, and we don't know. So it's important uh, that we get to know each other so that we'll know they're, that they're actually in an undercurrent, right? They, I mean, here's a picture. They have the, the picture as family, but they're, they're in a really, really difficult spot in their lives, and you can't tell from just a picture. You just can't. And, and how about even coming um, to worship on, on Sunday? Um, th- is everyone happy? <laughs> we, don't, we don't know. We gotta ask a question. It's easy to put on a suit and look happy, but what's really going on in their life and in the world? I'm, I'm going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And let's, let's ask this question. Have you ever been blinded by a, an undercurrent? What do you think? Never happened to you? Yeah, go ahead, Corey. We'll give you the real one first. Yeah, sure. Yes, a real life one, uh, even at the ocean. <laughs> okay. Okay. Amazing, isn't it? All right, so surfing in Florida, if you're not prepared for it, it can, it can kill you. What? Diving. Diving, another. Yeah, right, you get down there. That's just real stuff, huh? You get down there, and the undercurrent takes you away, and you are in trouble before you even thought about it, right? Um, and, and life the same way, isn't it? We don't know what's going to happen in the next minute or two. Uh, I think, uh, as Brother brought up, the uh, you know, bad medical news. You, we don't know. And then, boom, you get hit. What are you going to do when you get hit? Yes. I'm sure you've seen it in counseling. I've seen a lot as well where there's this outside marriage that everybody thinks is great, but then all of a sudden there's a lack of communication or there's some problem or there's some issue, financial or medical. Mm-hmm. This great marriage um, where there, there are so many problems with this, but this, this, here's a picture-perfect family, husband and wife, and they got things going on financially or whatever it may be, and they're coming into counseling for help, and, and uh, maybe they've, sometimes they come too late, right? Sometimes they come too late, and uh, you know, that happens, and, but you don't always know, right? And so it's important that we as God's people communicate, to talk, right? And be honest, right? Ever, we used to have a, a, an employee that worked for me, and um, her name was Ellen. She was from uh, Germany. And you'd ask her, Ellen, how are you? And she would always tell you the truth. So you, you never ask Ellen how she's doing unless you have time. <laughs> <laughs> she'd come right out. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but isn't that what we ought to do? We ought to tell the truth, right? How are you doing today? Well, today I'm not so great, but... 
you know, I'm struggling a little bit. Uh, thanks for asking. And then what can I do to help you, you know, right, to be there for you? But we have to communicate in openness and honesty. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, because now here's what, here's, here's the other side of that. Satan comes along, and, and speaking of that crash, you know, he blindsides us, right? I mean, we don't. Right? So he's always, we're going to 2 Corinthians 4, 4. He's always trying to blind us so that we can't really see what's, what's happening. And one thing that I like, maybe you like the same thing, I kind of like to be in control. <laughs> but, I, but I know I can't be in control. Right? So I have to relinquish that in, in humility. But Satan comes along and tries to, he tries to blindside us all the time. To, you know, everything's going great and all of a sudden, boom, there's this shift. How do you deal with that shift? Right? So here's what, here's what the text says. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they might not see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so, I mean, that could be us as well, right? As Christians, we could, we can be blindsided and we can become a little blinded um, because we're just maybe thinking everything's going to be fine and it's just not always fine, right? Um, okay. Ocean. Let let me do one more scripture, and then I want to get back to that. First Timothy, uh, First Peter, uh, chapter chapter one. So sometimes, like the ocean, life is is uh, effortless. Everything is going great and wonderful. Um, actually, I'm going to chapter five. Let's do that one first. First Peter, chapter five. And then other times, it's like the calm before the storm, right? You know, it's that. We had some storm pictures up there, but I said, oh, let's leave those out for now. Sometimes, uh, looking at that imagery, what if you were caught on the other side of the, you know, the waves are coming in, back to surfing, right? How do you get in, Court? Yeah, I mean, I've been caught on the other side before and had to wonder how to get in. How do you get in? I don't know what the rules are. You know, cry, but... We didn't have like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're not as adventurous as I thought you were, Court. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So you it's you gotta make an effort to get in when when it's rough, right? Okay. What about when our life is rough? Does it take effort? It takes effort, right? But is effort bad? No, right? Everything in, in life, in our Christian walk of faith, takes effort, doesn't it? It takes that ability to, to just kind of step back for a moment and assess your situation and try to figure out how to make it in. And sometimes it's not like a riptide. It's not coming straight in. It's going way out the other way, right? Okay, I'm going to come to riptides in a moment. Um, so... Watch what happened to Peter. What happened to Peter? Who did, who did he deny? Remember? The Lord, right? Not once. Right? I mean, wow. You know, oh, you know, I've, 
Hey, I did that once. No, he did it three times, right? He did it three times, and, and then he went out and wept bitterly when Jesus looked at him. Now, he's in a position. What is he going to do? What could Peter have done? Let's think about what he could have done. He could have, right? He could have walked away and been like, you know what? I'm not strong enough. I'm not cut out for this. I'm whatever, right? Could have walked away. What else could he have done? What did Judas do? Yeah, he could have hanged himself. He could have killed himself. That's what Judas did, right? Um, but he didn't, right? He gathered himself about, and, you know, God is better than, someone said this, God is better than AT&T. Remember the old commercials? We'll take you back, right? God, is, God will always take us back, right? We just need to repent, and God will bring us back. But I want you to think about, in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, what happened to Peter. Now, we know we hear him in Acts 2 preaching, and watch, watch what God has done for Peter, and listen to what's being stated to us. 1 Peter 5 and verse 10. And after you have suffered, how long? How long did Peter weep? Yeah, a little while. I mean, he doesn't really tell us, does it? But Peter says, hey, after you suffered a little while, I mean, he really suffered. I mean, there are other things Peter went through. I'm not saying this is, you know, an all-inclusive uh, statement made specifically to the denial of Jesus. But after I've suffered, after you suffered a little while, okay, look at what God does. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself, you know, I love this passage, perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Did that happen to Peter? <laughs> yeah, right? Peter was a pillar after that, wasn't he? Known as one of the pillars. James, Galatians uh, chapter 1 tells us that Peter was one of the pillars to the, to the Jews. A pillar, right? But God took Peter after this huge blunder that you and I haven't even done. And he, and he confirmed him and he strengthened him and he perfected him and, and he established him. Why, why would you do that to Peter? Because that's how great our God is. He's bigger than us. Isn't that great news? It's exciting, right? So when someone says, I don't know if I can make it, say, you must not know the ocean. <laughs> you must not know how big our God is. He is bigger than your problems. Any problem. There was a gentleman um, that a, a friend preacher of mine uh, would, we would talk, and he said, I cannot get my neighbor to convert, and here's the reason why. He says, I've done things that God can never forgive me of. He was never able to convince him that it wasn't true. But that was his struggle. He believed that he had done something so bad, so humongous, that God himself couldn't forgive him of. And so maybe the ocean is a, is a good idea to look at and think about all the bad things that could happen. Do you know how many ships are out there in the, in the bottom of the ocean? Right? I mean, think about that. Just sunken ships. And yet it, looks, it still looks the same. Think about all the damage that's happened to the ocean. Oil spills. Right? I mean, just all kinds of... And yet it's still there. Think about all the dead animals that, that have passed or died in the, in the ocean. Think about a lot of bad stuff that happens in the ocean. And yet the ocean still serves its same purpose. Right? And that's what God is. All the bad things that have happened to God, and yet God has not changed. And God will not change, ever. Right? It's always bigger. Bigger than anything we can ever imagine or go through. Okay. Uh, oh, um, let's talk about the bottom picture. So the bottom picture, it, 
it, this kind of depends on what you think, but um, I, I wanted that one because from imagery, it could look, it looks kind of like a riptide, right? It kind of looks like one of those, one of those tides that come in and, and the water is escaping and going back out. And if you get in it, it's going to take you out about 30 feet. And then it, it could release you as it's supposed to do. So the design of it, supposedly they're only 30 feet wide and about 30 to even 60 feet long. And it, and it pulls you out and then, it, and then it releases you. And if you're stuck in that, that riptide, I don't know what else they uh, call those, uh, but if you're stuck in that riptide, uh, you've got some serious decisions you have to make, right? And that, and that riptide is unpredictable, like life, right? Life is unpredictable. And when you're in it, any of you been in a riptide before? Yeah? Not fun, huh? I don't mind going out 60 feet on my own, but I don't want you to take me there, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's the problem. I don't want you to take... So we'll look at the escape later. We'll talk about the escape from a riptide in, in just a moment. But think about life takes us places that we, we had no intention of, of being there, wherever that there might, uh, might be. I want to go to First Peter chapter, chapter 1. When you're in a riptide, I'll probably going to let, uh, let you say it, but you're in it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say, oh, oh. I don't want to be here. I mean, you're in it. You're, now, eventually, you're going to get out of it. Pray God, right? We'll talk about some things that are important. But once you're in it, you're in it. What are you going to do about it? All right? We're going to talk about what, what can we do about it, but what are you going to do about it? This is not the time to cry and complain and say, well, it was me. All right? This is the time that you have to collect yourself. Right? Because you've got to remember, you can get out of this. It's not the end. But you've got to do some things that are important, right? It's the same thing about preparing our hearts for in our Christian walk. Um, when you're in a situation, you're in it. You can get out of it, and with God's help, you will get out of it, but there's some things you've got to do. The first thing you do is calm yourself, right? Yes. Yeah, the worst thing you can do is panic. Right. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. You know, my panic wouldn't be I'm in a riptide. It's like, there's sharks out there. <laughs> I don't want to be out there, right? <laughs> Not a good place to be. Um, okay, once you're in it, First um, Peter 1, let's look at verse 5. Who are protected, by, I should start back at 3. Let's start back at 3. We're going, to emphasize, we're going to emphasize 5 and 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now, that's that same term, that same thought, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Okay. Various, it's not going to be the same one. Right? It's different stuff. So we can, go, we can go by age and say, okay, let's talk about all the trials you've been through. And we just wouldn't have enough time, would we, for one person to start going, 
down the list of all the things, not that could happen, that have happened. Right? So I, that's why I always, I, I, I have tremendous respect for all Christians, but for me, in my mind, in my heart, I think about the older members, and I go, wow, thank you, God. I look at the older members, and I go, boy, you, you folks encourage me. Right? Because I know you've been through some stuff, and yet you're still here. I'm going, man, that, that tells me, guess what? I can do it. Right? They've done it, I can do it. I'm going to keep going. And so, Peter says, various trials will, will come, and, and, and you're going through these things. Uh, you've been distressed by these things, and these things are going to be a part of your life, but just for, just for a little while. So again, metaphorically speaking, of a riptide in our lives, and a struggle in our lives, it can be very tempting to, I think you said it earlier, well, don't panic, but waste all your energy, right? Right, Steve, you don't do that, do you? Don't waste all your, what was that, say it again? Ride it out. Don't waste all of your energy, right? You ever waste it? Relax, right? Relax and be calm. You ever waste all of your energy on a problem and you go, man, I just, <laughs> right? What was I thinking about, right? Relax. And how hard is that <laughs> to relax and be calm and this tide is taking me where I don't want to go, right? But life does that, doesn't it? Life takes us places that we don't want to be. Maybe because I made a bad choice, or just it's just life in general. But I need to trust in who? Man, I gotta trust in God. God made the riptide. God can get me out of it, right? right? Sometimes I fight too hard. Sometimes just to get my own way. You ever you ever tried? You know, you wanted to do something so badly, but yeah, and you you put all your energy into it and didn't really pan out the way you wanted it to. You know, or, or, you know, you're just trying just different things. Just, you know, life is interesting. You know, sometimes we're, we're um, Tony, you may have been driving when you say, yeah, maybe I ought to pull over. Nope, I can get 10 more miles in, you know, right? We do that, you know, especially driving the Alcan. You know, it's like, oh, sometimes we push it, push it a little bit too far, right, in life. And we, and we exert so much energy, and we, we need to learn how to relax, right? Even in, in trials, we have to learn how to step back and just relax for just a moment and think about, think about what maybe God has installed me. Okay, so we've heard it said the direct path is always the best path. That's not always true, is it? At least in my limited amount of experience and knowledge and research and talking to people, uh, not everyone obviously, sometimes the direct path is definitely the, right, the direct way to go and the right way to go, but other times, like that riptide, that is not a good idea, right? You have to go swim parallel to the beach until you get out of the riptide. So you know it's you know, about 30 feet or so based on documentation. So maybe you only have 15 feet as well, or maybe 20. You know, you're on one side or the other. I'd probably be on the far side and have 25 because I go the wrong way. <laughs> if you'd just gone that way, you'd been out of it a long time ago. But um, First Corinthians chapter uh, 9, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Our inner wisdom has to kick in. Um, so we'll know how to deal with some of our situations in life. Our inner wisdom. So I'm, I'm using this scripture. Um, Paul talks about the, the liberty of his, his walk uh, of faith. 
But I want to keep in mind that Peter, we'll come back to it anyway, but Peter tells us that, you know, there's no problem you're going through that others haven't gone through or, or are going through, right? So we're not, we're not alone, and we'll, we'll come to that. Maybe. We'll see. But verse 19. Um, so this is what Paul says. And thinking about a, a, a riptide, you're in the middle of a situation. Right? You've got to make a decision. And, and Paul says, uh, for though I'm, verse 19, 1 Corinthians 9, 19. For though I am free from all men, I made myself a slave to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, though not being without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak and become all things of all men that I may by all means save some more. And I do all these things for the sake of the gospel that I may become a fellow uh, partaker of it. Well, I went to that passage just to show how confusing the world can be. <laughs> I mean, right? no matter where you go, right, you walk through Safeway and you're going to see everything. Some of it we can visually see. We can see people with, you know, spiked hair or, you know, just whatever it might be. We see, we see so much. Um, and you're in this world, and, and Jesus in John 17, his prayer, says, Father, I don't ask you to take them out of the world, but protect them. So in the world, there's going to be, there's just so much, right? Try not to become so frustrated and, and so um, bothered by everything that you see. And so being calm, cool, and collected in the midst of a crazy world, that's what God calls us to do. Yes, Tony. Yes. Yeah, I like that. That's wonderful. Thank you for that. Relax and surrender. I like surrender. That's a better word to use because when you surrender, you also find peace. Right? So if you're in a riptide and spinning like a washing machine, um, learn how to not fight it, but surrender to it and it will spit you out. Right? Just like when our guide master was trying to tell what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Relax. And, and, you know, if you get into that riptide, and it's like most people couldn't grasp what that really should look like because mm-hmm. you're in a panic mode. Mm-hmm. Right, right. How do you surrender in a panic mode, right? You have, to, you have to prepare your mind to do that, even the riptide, right? Even going out, we're going out, 
What about Christianity? What about walk of faith? We have to not panic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. You you have to. Uh, it's not it's not natural to to, re, to relax in a in a panic situation, right? Panic stricken stricken situation. Uh, but in our Christian walk of faith, we do have to surrender to God. And uh, even though the world's going crazy, it is spinning out of control, isn't it? No matter where you go, it's spinning out of control. You're like, it's just. But we have to be. Well, surrender. I like that better. Relax and surrender to God. And that John fourteen twenty seven comes to mind where Jesus said, I'll give you peace beyond comprehension, right? First uh, Philippians uh, chapter 4. But it will give us peace in the midst of chaos. That's in John 14, 27. Not as the world gives. He gives us peace in the midst of chaos. And so can you imagine being in that spin cycle but have this surrender? And I, and I really understand surrender. We don't have time for me to go over that, but thank you for bringing that up. It's a great word. Uh, to use there because it does bring you peace. It's like, okay, here we go, right? Uh, I like that. I'll talk to you later about that. Okay, um, let's go to First Peter chapter 5. Notice I'm going to Peter a lot because Peter's been through this. So I want to talk about a guy that's been through it. When life attacks us and we feel in despair or angry, now we're in the riptide again, right? We're wondering sometimes, you know, Lots of questions. But when you're in that situation, uh, panicking exhausts us, doesn't it? Because now you've got your mind in there. You've got your physical strength. Now you've got your mind in there as well. And so panicking certainly does, um, does it, it, it exhausts us. Uh, you have to remember something. And that is, if, if, if what is said is true. So yeah, someone learned from a dive master. Um, court was just out there playing around having fun. Uh, Tony's been down in Huntington. Uh, surfing an awful lot, and they're saying, hey, you know, this works. Do you believe it? So now cognitively, we have to think about it and either accept it and say, okay, I'm going to hold on to this, right? And, and Stephen said it, it's there. So now everyone said that's true. Anyone disagree with what they've said about the riptide? So now I'll say, okay, cognitively, okay, from ever the riptide, these are the things i got to think about when I'm down at the ocean. Okay, I got it. Now, do I believe it? If I believe it, am I willing to think about it in my time of despair? <laughs> That's when you need that. So knowledge is really important. So you have the knowledge now. So if you want to go to the beach, go ahead now. You guys know how to get a riptide. But knowledge is important in life. Here's what we need when we're in a really bad, desperate situation in life. We need three things. We need to remember this. God knows. Someone says, you know, you just don't, you don't know what I'm going through. And I can say, you know, I really don't. You're right. Sorry, I, I, I have empathy. I do not know what you're going through. But God knows exactly what you're going through. Number two, God cares. You know, I don't think you care about my situation. Well, I do. So I have empathy and I'll do the best I can. Help me to understand better with more accuracy and more clarity. Um, and then the, the last thought someone says is, you just don't understand. You just, you just don't understand. You're right, I don't. But God knows, God understands, and God cares. I can point you in the right direction if you want it. And so it's kind of like the knowledge we receive about tonight, just the ocean and riptides and things. I don't, I've never been in one before, personally. Um, 
but I know some folks who have, and I know some things that we need to do. So in a situation in life, when you're thinking about helping people, you don't have to necessarily have to be in that situation. You just got to know where to point them. The knowledge of God, that God knows, God understands, and God cares. And that's what a person wants when they're in a very difficult situation. They want to know someone. They want to talk to someone who knows and understands how they feel and been where they are. But God's the one who knows that, right? First okay. um, Peter 5 and verse 7 He's trying to convince us of that, right? Am I convinced? Casting, casting all, of, all of what? All of that? All that anxiety, all of our burdens, all of our... Every, can God handle all of it? Remember, for opening scripture, Genesis 18, is anything too difficult for God? God says, give me everything. How much is that? Do you leave anything on the table? No. Give it all to me. Matthew 11, give it all to me. 28, right? Give it all to me. My load's light. I'm good. Right? I can do it. Casting all you. I want it. God wants. He wants it. He wants to help us if we'll let him, right? So casting all your cares or anxiety upon him. Verse 7, because God cares for you. And then uh, Philippians 4, real quick, and then we want to jump out of this for a second. Philippians chapter 4. So don't swim um, against the current. Do not fight. Surrender. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to write that. In my, I'm going to write all this, by the way, later on. In my notes. Go with the flow. Right? Go with the flow. Just like you said, let it take you. It's gonna, I like this. It'll spit you out. That's pretty exciting. Um, know, when to float, know when to swim. Right? Um, Got to know that. Got to know that. Be easy and flow like water. Just life's going to happen. And there are some things that we have no control over. What do we do with those things? Yeah, give it to God, right? How many of those things? So out of 100%, how many things do we have no control over? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) So 100%, we have no control over anything. None. We think we do. That's what I love about, I love being in control, but then I realize I'm out of control when I try to be in control because I'm actually literally out of control. I have no control over anything that happens. Philippians 4 be anxious for nothing, verse, verse, uh, verse 6. But in, I just want to grab the word everything. So First uh, Peter 5, 7 said all things. And now Philippians 4 says everything, in case you didn't get it. Over there, God really, really, really wants to help us. But we have to give it to him, right? You have to let him help you. Okay? You have to let him help you. So think about this for just a moment. Um, you're out there and you're, you're in need of help and someone throws your life raft, you have to decide whether you're going to grab that life vest or whatever it may be that's sent out or not. That is up to you. God is, not only the boat itself, uh, God is the life raft. God is the life support. God is the only way out if we're willing to give it to him. We're willing to let him do it, but we have to surrender. That word surrender, you Humble ourselves and let God help us. Let God help us. Right? You have to let him. God's not going to knock the door. Revelation 3.20, he won't knock the door over. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Why is he knocking at the door? Church of Laodicea. They kicked him out. <laughs> well, just come on back in. No, you have to invite me back in. Right? He's not going to knock the door now. Right? And so we have to let God uh, help us. Okay, one more scripture. Remember what it is. Um, 
Back to First Peter. No, let's go First Corinthians ten. Let's do that one instead. The bell rings. So, First Corinthians ten, very familiar passage. Let God help. Very, very, very familiar. Verse thirteen. What is it? Let's look at the verse and see what the verse is saying to us. And I want to start at verse twelve because verse thirteen is simple. We we get verse thirteen. No problems, right? But verse twelve is about the word we've been discussing. Surrender. And verse 12 says, Therefore let him who, who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. That's, that's verse 12. That's before the no temptation. Right? Surrender. Humility. Give it to God first. You, that's my responsibility. Right? I know there's the no temptation part, but it's prefaced with, but you've got to give it to God. Right? Give it to God first. Now, verse 13, no temptation is overtaking you, but such is common. And so the, the idea at this point is picking up from our Elijah account last week, um, dealing with depression and discouragement, you're not alone, right? Look, look at the verse. No temptation um, is overtaking you, but such as is common. So when I think I'm all by myself, you're not. This is common because we have a common enemy. Satan. Satan is not as smart as we think he is. Well, you already know that because he tried to fight God. That's tell you something, right? But he's been doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's worked it's, as, as humans, and it will continue to work because we're humans, but God is saying it's common stuff. And I'm really looking forward to um, presenting a series of lessons and showing you all the stuff Satan's done. And see, you'll see him doing it, the same thing over and over again, over eras of time. Over, it's the same stuff, just different names and different faces, different people, but it's the same tricks. I think I kind of think about it like Satan's bag of tricks. You know, he pulls everything out of there. It's the same stuff, church, right? And it all funnels under, what did we do the first, what, three weeks ago? Three things. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, most of our life. So, I mean, there's not much you can get out of that. It's the same stuff he uses over and over again. How's he going to do it? Well, that's another situation. Okay, so our situations are common. So when I feel alone, I've got to remember I'm not. And I have to remember when I feel like I'm the only one, no one understands. <laughs> Don't trick yourself. Others have been there, right? And others are there right now as you are there. Right? And then it goes on in the same verse. Um, but God is faithful. And that's a, that's a statement that we can never forget. I may not be always faithful, but God always is, right? And God promises in Hebrews 13, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, right? I'll never know, not ever. It's actually the way it's written, but I'll never know, not ever leave you. I will never know, not ever abandon you. God will never, ever, ever, right? And so it's a compound of five, five negatives. It's a great study. Um, God is faithful. First John chapter 1, God is faithful to forgive your sins, right? So when I go to God and ask for forgiveness, what is God faithful to do? going to forgive me. It's simple. This isn't difficult, right? Doesn't take a rocket scientist. But Satan complicates things. One of his bags is straight. Okay, for, sorry. Um, it's not able, allowed you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Humility. But with the temptation, will provide a way of escape that you may also be able to endure it. So, be cool, calm, collective, give it to God, and when you surrender, like the riptide, I love you said it already, Tony, so we'll take that. It'll spit you out. <laughs> you know, right? Don't let God spit you out, though, for lukewarmness, but stay faithful to God, stay in there, hang in there, and let God take care of you. And eventually you'll walk right out of that problem. 
that you're in. But we have to let God do it for us. Right? Okay. Thank you for your, your time. Our, our quarter is over. I'm excited about uh, Brother, Brother Heffington is going to be teaching us on Wednesday night. I'm looking forward to his class series coming up uh, very soon. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, God bless you. We'll be dismissed until we have our, our de- uh, Devo and some announcements and prayer.